Hello and welcome into another episode of From College to Combine. I am your host, as always, it's Michael Sicoli, joined here by Riley Millette. The uh, Mike, I, I was gonna say, I didn't see it. <laughs> it happens every time. I did actually forget. He's got a microphone. How are you doing, Riley? I'm well, very well. Oh well, th- well, that's that's fantastic. I'm glad we can immediately entice our audience with your exciting commentary because we do have a good show lined up today, Riley. I don't know if you know this, I because you know Riley's a little bit, you know dome-headed lovely guy um but we have a great show we're going to go through some adps and talk about the players that are going right next to each other the guys that you're deciding between in your draft and we're going to tell you this is the guy you should take first that's the guy you should take we're also going to touch on some few quick questions that people have given and especially starting that off with detroit but before we do that i want to give a shout out to for frequency's sake for hosting that's where you're watching right now Check them out on Twitter and subscribe to them on YouTube. Amazing videos and podcasts coming out weekly. And, of course, the IDP guys, where I am you know, working constantly, putting out a newsletter this week, writing, doing some videos. I did a startup mock video with everyone's favorite, Dynasty Santa. Check him out on Twitter. I love that guy. Um, and definitely check out IDP guys on Twitter and YouTube as well. Uh, great content there, too. But let's kick it off, Riley. Let's kick it off with Detroit, which is something I never normally like to say. But I, I like what Detroit's doing. But how are you treating them in drafts? We have an interesting array of pass catches to choose from there. Let's see. So we have all their ADPs here. The big the big one is Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going at wide receiver 26, 65th overall. So that puts him in the middle of the sixth round-ish, give or take, somewhere around there. Um, and the, the other big one is TJ Hawkinson going uh, as the sixth tight end off the board, about the same um in the draft is Amon Ross St. Brown those are the two big guys and I'm sure you'll agree and uh you'll have the same reason as me is that there's a lot of mouths to feed in in the Detroit system not a whole lot of touchdowns because there aren't very many really high-end options uh Jared Goff is going to limit the offense um but just like we saw him do in Los Angeles um the only uh, line I'm taking maybe higher than what their ADP says is Jameson Williams. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 56 and he's going to be injured to start the season. Um, we don't know how many weeks he's going to miss, but um, you know, obviously he's such a great talent and we, and we highlighted that when we talked about rookies quite some time ago, but I, I like his talent a lot. I think he'll emerge as the best pass catcher um, or the best wide receiver, I should say uh, in Detroit. And if um if I'm at the, let's see, 145 overall, that's pretty late in the drafts. So if I end up there and I have, um, you know, a need for an electric wide receiver who might miss some weeks, I'll give him a look. It's it's a very murky situation that's actually a little bit more clear-cut to me because the only line that I actively want on my team isn't listed here. It's DeAndre Swift, and that's we'll talk about him later. There's a reason he's not listed here and also because we're focusing on the pass catchers, which is a lot more difficult to do, I think, when we talk about Jared Goff and this offense. Uh, Amon Ra, it's a little bit too rich for my taste. I think that's close to where his ceiling is. He did a lot of his production without DeAndre Swift and without TJ Hawkinson. He was everything they need to be. Granted, I like Amon Ra, I do, but I don't know if he'll return great value on wide receiver 26. This is about where he is, and I don't think his ceiling is what we saw last year. Chark, veteran's dart throw, he'll be a DFS name more than anything. Jameson Williams is only on my board. If my league has an IR spot, I could stash him. I am not going to draft somebody that will miss, I expect, at least the first few weeks. He tore that ACL really late into the year. I think it was January, right? It was February, 
right? Was it? January I think it February? was. It was. It was a playoff game, wasn't it? It was a. It was. It was the. I think it was the national championship because John Mechie tore it the week yeah, before. Probably. So, yeah, that's it, it's it's. I don't expect him to be done for week one, and that's part of why the Lions took him. We saw in that big, exciting draft video when they drafted him that they were they saw the Saints moved up and they were they were worried, but a lot they thought they would take a lot of it because Jameson Williams was not going to fit their win now mantra that the Saints won. Jameson Williams is still long-term. The Lions will treat him as such. And I don't think they're going to rush him back. Hawkinson is the most interesting name here because t- tight end six, this is the dead zone. This is the fifth round. You have good running backs. You have good wide receivers, but there's red flags of plenty. I'm fine taking Hawkinson here, but he's no longer the volume play that we want him to be. There are now other names there as well. So he needs touchdowns. He has not really had that in Detroit because Detroit's been putrid. So it's really iffy. I'm not going to swing too hard on Hawkinson unless he's going to fall maybe another round. Like, this is about where I would take him in premium. I wouldn't take him here in standard formats. But that is our – Spot on right there. That's how I I view the Lions. That's how I think we should all view the Lions. But that's our quick question. We can move on to the news of the week because the news is is a plenty. And we'll start with the one that is perched on Riley's closet. Take it. Rob Gronkowski announced his retirement. Uh, we'll see if that actually stands because last time he did this, he was just lying and he was just goofing. So we'll see if he's actually being for real this time. But for now, uh, Rob Gronkowski is not planning on playing this year. And ever. I don't believe it for a second. I'm sorry. I, like, Listen, a lot of people I think are. I think people are taking this seriously because I, I do believe Gronk does have retirement on the mind. I think that's it's not a joke that he's close to that point. But this is not not. I want people to remember that a month ago or so or whatever, a couple months when Brady did the the fake retirement type of thing, Gronk, you know, Gronk wanted to upstage that. I think that's what this is here. This is Gronk not wanting to do mandatory OTAs. It's not. It's him not wanting to do minicamp. It's him not needing to do it, but he would get fined or it would be a bad look for the team if he did it. I'm. I think Gronk is still going to be back for Week One. I think he's still ready to play. I think this is just Gronk making a spectacle of it. I, I I realize that might be a bit of a hot take, but I'm still I'll take a shot in best ball draft still. I'll I'll take him with my last picks. I agree with that. Yeah, I I, I would take him. Really? With the, I would I would if I'm in the last round, I'll I'll take him. Just either half just for fun and half for half for a laugh and half because I I think there's a realistic chance he comes back. Yeah. And we'll play the game that if we're wrong, right? If we're wrong, the biggest winner is obviously Cam Brate. They drafted Kate Auden. But rookie tight ends, we don't expect that to make a big impact. So Cameron Bright will get the biggest uptick in terms of usage. Mike Evans is the biggest winner in my book because Mike Evans' touchdown potential, again, shoots through the roof. He should be set for 10-plus, especially if Gronk is out. If He doesn't need Gronk to score 10. But without Gronk, he should be a lock for it, which is a really nice baseline when he gives someone 10 touchdowns. Um, a lot of people touted Russell Gage as a big winner if Gronk is off the field. I don't quite get that i understand that it would be a lot of targets gone and that cam break would not replicate the gronk usage but I, I i don't know i don't know if russell gage all of a sudden takes over the red zone role that gronk used to use yeah i mean uh russell gage is still fine I, it helps him out this much i mean I, i'm not going crazy over him i was still going to take him before this and maybe i'll take him a couple spots higher and we'll move on to stay in tampa with chris godwin uh, who we, we talked about this a month ago with the, you know, a month ago, we were saying, oh, there's still no timeline. And that's something we said, then we're not worried about it now. 
but we might be later. And this is where I am going to start getting worried because if he's not practicing in late July, if he's expected to not practice in late July and the news is negative now, I expect him to be on the pup in in July, which puts him really spotty for week one. And again, that this is the uptake for Russell Gage. This is where I care about Russell Gage because if Chris Godwin is off the field and is not healthy come minting camp, come preseason games, come potentially week one, that's where Russell Gage has to start. And he is in that slot. And he is all of a sudden the number two option for Tom Brady. That's that's where I would have some interest, and I would start looking at him as my wide receiver. Take him as my wide receiver four or five. I, I'd probably take him as my five, and I could play him as my three or two. So, yeah, this like we said earlier, we I, I think it was like a month ago when we said, now that uh, this news is coming out about Chris Godwin, if I were doing a draft now, it would be enough to think about in the back of my mind, and I'll still draft him anyway. And now this is where we get to the area where – it starts again, bumping him down a few spots. And and I'm looking at the ADP right now, Cortland Sutton, Allen Robinson, Hollywood Brown. I mean, I'm not going to take – it's it's just that the area of – there's a pretty significant teardrop there. But um, if that tier, the same tier of Chris Godwin, like the Michael Pittmans and, and Jerry Judy, Amari Cooper, guys who are going uh, just ahead of him, um, if there were more guys behind Godwin, I would start bumming him down a few spots. I'll take Cortland Sutton over Godwin if this continues, but that's about it. Well, l- let me bring it up right here because I'm, I've am i been doing a lot of mocks recently. I was just doing a Scott Fishbowl mock the other day. Chris Godwin went fell to the 9-1. 9-1. And I took Gabe Davis over him. I passed on Chris Godwin no. for Gabe Davis. Now, that is both a plant in the flag for my breakout candidate, Gabe Davis, and how high he's going and how I don't care about that. But that is how worried I am about this ACL. I don't think he's going to be ready week one, and that's going to be an issue. Also, I want to point out, if Gronk is gone, that does hurt the offense tremendously. That is a big piece for Tom Brady that is gone. That's a that's – a, that's, that's... It's a steep I will still take Chris Godwin over Gabe Davis. That's what I'll say on that. But. That's 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 totally fair. Uh, it's definitely something I might have redone if I look back on it, but I also don't regret it. He also would have been wide, wide receiver four. I could have waited for Godwin to come back. I just believe in Gabe Davis. But Cam Akers is expected to be 100% at minicamp. We're going to reverse the injury trend and say that Akers is ready to go. He will be ready. He will be 100%. And he's not just that, but the report also indicated that he will be used a little bit more in the passing game. Now that's good, but do you believe it, Riley? The fantasy community certainly doesn't. He's still being drafted behind Zeke. I mean, and and any running back who's being drafted behind Zeke, that's you have to do something bad in the fantasy community for that to happen. Um, I mean, all this news is positive for for Cam Akers. Um, I'm still treating him with a lot of hesitancy. He's being drafted as a, a mid-tier RB2, and that's about how I'll treat him. He's being drafted, according to Sleeper ADP, currently over James Conner, David Montgomery. I still might take I'll, – I'll definitely take James Conner over Cam Akers right now. David Montgomery is a toss-up. Do you agree? I would definitely take James Conner, who I think is very undervalued right now. Um, David Montgomery, I am really – trying to be hands off of. So I, I probably would take the chance that Cam Akers is going to return to form um, that this is really a, whether he has it or not, it, it's so tough because we have no baseline for these Achilles injuries that a guy this young, who is that good, who still has the same opportunity 
where the Rams said, okay, we trust you. You'll be back. And yeah, he didn't look good at the end of the year in that, you know, in that Super Bowl sample, but he went against some of the best defense running rush defenses of football. So it's a, this or that chicken or the egg. And he wasn't even supposed to be on the field in the first place. So I think the Rams have a history of utilizing their running back in the passing game. That has happened. It, you know, we, we remember the glory days of Todd Gurley check, check right there, but it's, it's not something we can count on. So I would take him for the upside alone that if he is semi-productive, he should be an RB1, and he's not being drafted as such, so it should be. It's it's tough to not see a world where the touchdowns aren't there. But we can slide over to rookie running back, stay on the theme of these rushing, bruising guys, Riley. And there's a survey of news. So, right, there, there's a headline that we're not going to even touch on because it's kind of what we both expected. Brees Hall is the Batman to Michael Carter's Robin. Michael Carter's Dust. Do you agree there, Riley? Yeah, pretty much. Great. We shake hands on that. Michael Carter's Dust. We do not oh, care. Brees Hall is due for a top 15 season. Here's a stat for you. Brees Hall, or rookie running backs, rather, have for have been a – there's been a rookie running back in the top 15 for each of the last five seasons. There's been a rookie running back in the top five for four of the last five seasons. Now, I'm not calling for a top five because I don't think any of these guys will get there. But top 15, I'm locking Brees in for it. That's where he'll end up in my projections. And he's just that guy. He's going to get that workload. I'm not worried about it. But the other bits of this news, Tyler Algier is already expected to be beating out Damian Williams, Quadri Olison for that RB2 spot behind Cordero Patterson. Now, there's a question of whether that even is an RB2 role because of what you expect from Patterson. But... Do you? I think Algier is a really good late target because we, if anyone has followed this podcast, they know how much I love Tyler Algier. I I, I totally think he's he's a great um, late late end uh, pick, and I think he could end up beating out Cordero Patterson. And we we talked at some point in the season, and we talked about um, you know Cordero Patterson's um, efficiency last year that he was totally relying on on touchdowns, and we don't think that's going to happen again. Um, and that's you know kind of why he was um, such a big deal last year, which great for him. But at, at the same time, um, he's on the wrong side of 30 years old. Tyler Algier gives such a young burst um, that that we all uh, like to see on our fantasy team. So I wouldn't be surprised if if they at least end up splitting work by midpoint through the season. He's in you know he's in the 12th, 13th round right now. I'm going to throw a this or that because we're going to jump to our ADP segment that we teased to. A great one, but we're to, I'm going to do this one first, right? Going back-to-back in drafts, Rashad White or Tyler Algier. Back-to-back, RB 53-52. to 52. I'll take the better offense, Rashad White. Pretty I probably would, too, on that mindset of it is a better offense. You could see Mariota steal a few rushing touchdowns as well. And of course, Cordell Patterson should be taking some of the pa- uh, should be taking the majority of passing work at least. Um, whereas Rashad White could get that, but that I, I think we should be talking about Algier a lot more than we are. Although we we've, we've done it plenty this we, offseason. We, we talk about we, him a lot. We, 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 we talk about Algier. We we know what's up. We we know what's up. We're we're something like that. We are those guys. But now we're going to go to our ADP segment. Something I was really excited to do. Because, again, these are the guys that are going back-to-back or very close in drafts where you're choosing, I want him or I want him. And that decision can go in very different directions and will ultimately matter a lot when you enter your week one. So we're going to kick this off. I'm going to kick it off with a guy we've talked about 
quite a lot with another one we haven't as much. Miles Sanders, the RB27 versus Damian Harris, the RB28. What are your thoughts on this? It feels disrespectful to both of them in a way, and, and this ADP is totally because they don't catch passes. I will, if I really had to take one, I would probably take Miles Sanders just because that's the um, more improved offense going into next year. If you made me pick a better offense right now, I might lean Patriots just because of the the history that, that the team has. But um, obviously the Eagles offense has gotten so much better, and Miles Sanders was a part of that when he was healthy last year. He was good while he was healthy last year. So I will you know, roll not, – it's not rolling the dice taking him here, but I'll take him here over Damian Harris. I will take Miles Sanders as well. And I've talked about this before, about him being my breakout or value. I don't remember what I technically called him. But I think Miles Sanders is due for a very good year. Um, I, I, I think that we we talked about it before, when I, so I won't linger on it because you can check out an old video for that because it's fantastic, according to me. But Miles <laughs> Sanders had 20 red zone attempts, and he had zero touchdowns. Zero. And now the offense is getting better where that rushing touch, 20, those 20 attempts, that could get larger. And then when natural regression comes in, that's it's going to just be better. We Yes, Hurts will get his rushing touchdowns, but Miles Sanders has more than an opportunity in an improved offense to score more than zero touchdowns. Also, when we talk about both these guys, neither are going to catch passes, right? No, neither. We don't, we, blah, blah, blah. You know, kick, don't care. So Kenny Gamble can take that role. Ramondre Stevenson does something else. Ramondre Stevenson can take some goal line carries. That's the difference here is that one of them represents a threat to touchdowns and the other one doesn't. So I'm going to take Miles Sanders. I'll take him a couple spots ahead of Damian Harris. And I think Miles Sanders is set to crush this ADP personally. But we've talked about that before. We can move on to the signal callers, right? Let's, let's, let's pull up this one. A guy that I love versus a guy that I hate. <laughs> Derek Carr at the QB 14 versus Kirk Cousins at the QB 15. Take it away, Riley. What, what, which one are you taking? Because I think we're going to have different opinions here. I like them both a lot. I'm totally oh, fine yeah. having either one of these guys as my QB1. I'm totally fine having either one of these guys as my QB1. I've been in on Kirk Cousins for a while. Um, I'll take Kirk Cousins here. Um, I, I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't think that's what – I'm not sure. I'm still not sure what you're going to do. But uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, like we saw last year, he had some super blow-up weeks. Um, you know, finish as, you know, top two or three uh, at the quarterback position a few times. He'll still have that uh, possibility, um, even though one of his uh, weapons and Adam Thielen is kind of aging out and Derek Carr is kind of entering this new era of uh, Oakland Raiders throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, which is what I'm going to call this Oakland new era. Raiders. Oh, did I say Oakland Raiders? Oh, did I say Oakland Raiders? I that in a hot minute. I'll That's tell you crazy. That. That's crazy. I can't believe I just did that. I think wow. it's just so wow. I gotta shake that out. Um, but yeah, I'll take Kirk Cousins. How about we just end that there? Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, that's where I'd like to because I would also take Kirk Cousins. Interesting that we're going two for two to start. I was expecting a lot more fisticuffs between us, but um yeah. Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback, in my opinion, and you can get him later than Derek Carr. And the the, the knock against Cousins, right, is he doesn't run. The upside really isn't there. They're gonna run the ball with Dalvin Cook. I think the upside is there this season. And follow, again, follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli because I'm going to put out a KJ Osborne thread soon that 
exactly exemplifies why Kirk Cousins is the pick here. Yes, Derek Carr is the flashy Devontae Adams, but Kirk Cousins has a very and, and, and Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, he has a very great set of weapons, but so does Kirk Cousins. You get Irv Smith back, you get KJ Osborne, you get Adam Thielen, you get Justin Jefferson. That's terrific. That's a great core. And now you get Kevin O'Connell, who is a historically he's he's a Rams prior to this, he was the Rams quarterback coach. The Rams run three wide receiver sets by far the most of football. It's 84% of the time they're running three wide receivers and 11 personnel versus the the Vikings. Do you want to guess how, how often the Vikings did? The Rams did 84%. Hmm. I will say, say 65%. 65. I'll tell you this, because league average is 61. The Vikings were 44, I believe. Wow. 44%. That is a huge... Swing that even if the Vikings hit league average, that is a lot more passing volume because when you go three wide receiver sets, chances are you're throwing the ball. And that's what the Rams have done. I, th- I expect the Vikings to trend that way, at least to becoming, you know, a bit more in that in, in that sphere. And I think Kirk Cousins and the Vikings are going to have a fantastic year. I'm going to take Kirk because I also think it's just going to be a little bit more stable. You have a much easier schedule as well through the NFC East and the AFC East versus the AFC West. that the And, and you also add in the Lions and what's and the Bears twice. And, and, uh, Lions what? and Bears twice a year. Lions and Bears twice a year for Kirk Cousins. I, I'm all in on the Vikings this year. Kirk Cousins and K.J. Osborne or any of those wide receivers will be a fantastic best ball stack. But I, again, we're two for two, Riley. Not not a. Let's see if we can fight over this one. Because we might, I think we're going to fight over this one. We're going to bring up this one because this is one of the biggest discussions of the offseason. It's a battle on Twitter every day. I've staked my claim. I don't know if you have. But Broncos. Which Bronco wide receiver are you taking? Cortland Sutton at wide receiver 28 or Jerry Judy at wide receiver 29? They are going back-to-back in drafts right in the uh, – Fact-check me. You know, tell me who you think while I pull up the ADPs. I believe they're going in the – give me a drum roll, Riley. They're going 66 and 68 overall. That would put them in the middle of the fifth round. I'll take Corlin Sutton. Let's start a fight. Start a fight about it. And we're going to start a fight. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jerry Judy, I've talked about, because we talk about him every week because you're obsessed with him, but I, I think Jerry Judy is a very solid player. I think he's a very talented player. Uh, I'll just take the wide receiver who is on my dynasty team. No, I'm joking. I'll take the, I'll take, <laughs> I'll take, I'll take the player who has done it more at the NFL level, who's been a pro bowl wide receiver, who has succeeded with less than average uh, quarterbacks in his career. And not that that's a, a knock against Jerry Judy, that he hasn't has been great for fantasy with less than average QBs, but Corlin Sutton has done it before. And now he's getting one of the better QBs in the league. So I'll take Corlin Sutton. Yeah, so I, I, I won't, you see. I, I won't. I'll take Jerry Judy, who I think is an unbelievable wide receiver who the truth is need to be louder with Jerry Judy, all right? Because Corlin Sutton has been taking over Twitter, and I don't like it. Because Jerry Judy was the best separator in football last year. His yards per separation was first at 2.45. He also was fourth in separation against man. Now, despite that, despite being open all the time, he received a target on just 20.6% of those routes. That was 60th in football. That is something that is just bad decision-making. Everyone knows about the off-target 
uh, targets that Jerry Judy gets. What about the plays where he's not even getting looked at despite get averaging good separation? That's where Russell Wilson and better decision-making should help. That is all where it should come in. And then touchdowns is something that obviously that, that should favor Sutton. I'm not going to act like it doesn't. But Jerry Judy also had the retargets in the red zone. Despite having that man separation, like you know, a guy like Hunter Renfro, who had great separation and great separation versus man with a very similar slot rate, he scored nine touchdowns. Guys like Judy can do it because they can separate in short yard situations. And the last thing I'll throw at you, Riley, because I know you must be feeling overwhelmed with how bad your take must be. I know, but my head is spinning. Jerry Judy played 10 games last year, right? Yeah. How many targets a game did Sudden average in that span? I know I know he was bad in those games. No, and no. When, when he was without, when, when Corlin Sutton was, when Jerry Judy was not on the field, Corlin Sutton was great. And then when Jerry Judy came back, his targets went way down. I know that's the point of what you're trying to say. That is what I'm trying to say because Corlin Sutton averaged 8.7 targets without Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy comes back on the field and Sutton averages a putrid 3.8. That is just him not being the focus of the offense. And maybe that changes. Maybe tendencies will change with, you know, Russell Wilson to Drew Locke type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think Corlin Sutton is a well. player for fantasy. I think he'll be great. But I think Jerry Judy is the guy with the sky-high ceiling the guy that is open on every play. And, I mean, that's 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 my take, man. I think everything's going up, and I think Jerry Judy is the guy to bid on for it. So, you're, basically, you're, you're, fun. you're fun to talk about. Hey, listen, add us on Twitter. Let us know what you think, because we are more than willing to back up these takes. At least I am. I don't know about Riley with his uh, – I, I back up every take I make. I, I haven't brought one. this up, Riley. I haven't brought this up, but I think you're, you've worn the same shirt for every single That's show. probably true. I don't know. This is always kind of just at the top of my drawers. Oh, my God. You can't even dig beneath your drawers. I can't even look at reach them. But, <laughs> Why would okay. I mess up all the clothes? Tight, end. All Riley, tight ends. Dawson Knox at the tight end 9 versus Pat Frymuth at the tight end 11. Don't let those two spots confuse you. They're going just a few spots be- behind each other in overall of ADP. Which one are you taking? I mean, I have a quick answer to this one, just like I had with Rashad White versus uh, whoever else the other one was. I don't know. I'll take the better offense in Dawson Knox. Um, if I had to pick a more talented player, it would be it would be Pat Fryermuth. But um, now that the the Steelers have brought in George Pickens and Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson are still around, we don't even know who's going to be the quarterback. And it, even if we did, we wouldn't be very confident in them. Um, we really could not be more confident in the Bills' offense at this point. Sands um, losing um, Brian Dable. But at this point, there's not a whole lot, uh, lot of not a whole lot to prove for the Bills, and I'll take um, the tight end who scored a whole bunch of touchdowns because I think he's a good player, and Josh Allen likes throwing touchdowns to him. I think either Gabe Davis or Dawson Knox is going to drastically blow their ADP out of the water, and my bets on Gabe Davis to do that. But I would not be surprised if it's Dawson Knox because, like you said, Dawson Knox has the eye of the red zone there. Josh Allen has thrown 35 touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. Let's say even if he dropped to 30, let's say the Dable hit. Let's say Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley are gone, and that cripples the Bills offense down to 30 passing touchdowns, which I can't get out while keeping a straight face. (laughs) But if Josh Allen is throwing 30 touchdowns, eight goes to Diggs about, you know, he's not a huge touchdown guy, but he'll get his eight. 
where's the rest going? You know, you got Gabe Davis, you got Dawson Knox, you got running backs like James Cook who can catch the ball, but I'm not going to project James Cook for five receiving touchdowns or something. There's a lot of room for Dawson Knox, and I don't think we're talking about it enough at a tight end nine, double-digit round type of price. Now, Pat Fryermuth, I do like as well, because I, like you said, he's a good player. Rookie quarterbacks as well tend to target that tight end, big body presence. Mitch Trubisky is a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger was last year. I'm not ashamed to say it, but Ben was true. basically a dead rat on the field, and it hurt. So there's a lot of room for both these guys. The ceiling rises with Knox because of the offense. Pat Fryermuth still has to compete with a lot of guys for targets. I would take Dawson Knox and pay up for it as well. Not even pay up for it, but I would take him at nine. Hope for the touchdown because that's what you're hoping for with a lot of these guys anyway. Move on to well, the, the full disclosure. I'll, I'll give this: the first four were very close, right? They were two names going back to back in ADP. Now we're going to be grabbing some names that are also going back to back in ADP, but we're going up. All right, we're yeah. upgrading here. We're we, we talking I, I about like, mid to back ends, and now we're talking about the top tiers. So kick it off. I Riley. feel like the in this show we. Yeah, we tend to talk about like the kind of the later, the later end guys, wide receiver thirty guys. Let's let's give our big dogs some love, huh? So um, hey, listen, the big in, dogs in, are that's that's where you're investing the best picks in them. You know, oh, yeah. the backbone of your sure. team. So you got DeAndre Swift here going at the RB nine, Nick Chubb RB ten, Alvin Kamara RB eleven, all of which are first mm-hmm. second round picks. But which one are you taking, and in what order? So the, the, the reason I bring this up, I always find this to be a really interesting area, you know, like kind of the back end running back one slash wide receiver one. Uh, it's always fun to look at at the end of the year, and um, it's never what you expected. Um, so let's try to predict it. Um, so now I, I pulled these three guys, and the order I would take them, I would take DeAndre Swift first. Um, I think he's the most talented player, and I think he's going to get the most – um, definite usage out of these guys. I'll take Alvin Kamara over Nick Chubb um, for reasons that uh, you talked about a lot as uh, the Deshaun Watson looming suspension and how that's going to mean doom for the Browns offense. And I'm still betting on Kamara's talent, even though Jameis Winston uh, doesn't throw a whole lot of, or didn't throw a whole lot of targets to Alvin Kamara when they played together uh, last year. I still think Alvin Kamara is one of the most talented running backs. If in like top three most talented running backs in the league right now, he's just an astronomical talent. And I, I think um, uh, any coaching staff that could come in, even if it's not Sean Payton calling plays, will find a way to get uh, Alvin Kamara his. So I'll go Swift, Kamara, Chubb. What do you think? This is nearly impossible for me to answer until we know what Alvin Kamara's suspension is, because I do expect him to get suspended. And if so, I this is where I'm at, right? Swift is the first one off the board for me here. I'm locking in Swift. I'm a big fan of Swift. Swift had 62 receptions in 13 games. That was an 81 reception pace. Not targets, but receptions. Now, the Lions add James Williams. They have Amon Ra in their second year. Hawkinson comes back. They add in DJ Chark. It's possible that Swift's volume could decrease. But it's also possible it doesn't. It's possible that he's still he's going to hover around that 70 reception range. Because he is that important to this offense. He's that good with his touches. That's important. That when he touches the ball, good things happen. So he's not just being force-fed because he needs to. He's being force-fed because he's a good player with the ball in his hands. So Swift is going to be an RB1 for me. He will be that in my rankings. I'm very excited for Swift. Chubb, I am terrified of. Terrified. He's like almost hands off. 
because this is just – it's such a bad situation. We're going to have Jacoby Brissett. All right, Jacoby Brissett is going to start the season and possibly the whole season, if not likely the whole season, for the Cleveland Browns. Now, they have a good schedule. They have a fairly – they have a favorable division in a way with their rushing. But if the Browns are getting blown out, which they totally will be with Jacoby Brissett, it's going to be Kareem Hunt out there. It might be Dearness Johnson. It's not going to be Nick Chubb. He's going to have to be – his ceiling is RB8, and you're drafting him at RB10. And I expect him to finish RB12. Like, it, it's I'm not touching Nick Chubb at price or really in general because it's just – it's such a bad recipe to take a rushing a, – a great rusher, but a non-pass-catching running back on a bad offense. And so, yeah, I would take Swift, Kamara, and Chubb in that order. So, again, we're agreeing. I don't like that we're agreeing, Riley. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Well, I, I think this next one will we'll differ on a little bit. So we're going to talk oh, about well. the same area, but with wide receivers. Right now, going as um, at the, the low-end wide receiver ones, A.J. Brown going ninth, Keenan Allen going 10th, Mike Evans going 11th. Here's the order I would take them. Uh, we talked about Gronk already, who was leaving. He got one to two red zone targets per game. He scored six touchdowns last year. And assuming he doesn't pull a Gronk and come back, those uh, touchdowns and targets are all vacated. I'm assuming taking Mike Gronk Evans. doesn't pull a Gronk. Sorry. I just, I just <laughs> yeah. want to – I love that. Um, Go on. Yeah. I'll take Mike Evans over both of these guys. I think he's perennially underrated in, in fantasy somehow. He always, he always gets his. He's always uh, – even this year, he's a lock for top ten touchdowns, like you said. I will take Keenan Allen over A.J. Brown as well, another guy who kind of slips because of uh, name fatigue and uh, even though he's he's getting a little older. Um, I'll just take him because he's tied to the better quarterback and Justin Herbert. Uh, he was still a super important part of the offense, even though it was you know kind of going uh, through this molting phase um, that Nasa Eckler was getting more involved on the ground and doing all sorts of different things. Mike, uh, Mike Williams kind of started his breakout, and even though I love A.J. Brown's talent, uh, he might be the most talented player um, out of these three, but like we've talked about ad nauseum about the Eagles, um, there's so much uncertainty about um, the volume for all their pass catchers and um, how how much Jalen Hurts can support them. So I'll still draft AJ Brown as a as a wide receiver one, but I like that both of these names, even though they've been around for a long time, um, they're not going anywhere. I'll take both of them over AJ Brown. And I will take Keenan Allen overall. I'll take Mike Evans, and then I will take A.J. Brown. So we're kind of in agreement, but not totally, because I'm going to take the guy that I can just write down right now, not not in pencil, but in pen, Riley, maybe even Sharpie, Sharpie, like a pink Sharpie. No. I might do that. No, you can't do that. A hundred receptions. I can write down 100 receptions for Keenan Allen, which he did last season. He's done it. You know, He's done it well before that. I can pull it up right now. He's had 100 receptions for each of the last three years. Four years ago, he had 97. And the year before that, 102. He's going to get 100 receptions. He's going to be stable. He's going to be great. And I'm going to take the guy that from week to week is going to be a very great wide receiver for my team. He might not have a top three ceiling. He might not have a top three week because he's never scored more than eight touchdowns in a season. And he always hovers around six. I think he could hit that eight mark, but six is his benchmark. It's six, 100, and then a range of 1,100 to 1,200 yards. I'm fine with that. Not every pick I need to make needs to explode for a top three finish. 
Now, it might change in tourney formats where I might be favoring the upside of, oh, what if A.J. Brown and what if Jalen Hurts is that guy and Jalen Brown and A.J. Brown, and they connect. I might chase that in tourney formats, but I won't in the average league because I want to take the guy that will help me every single week and will be a very steady wide receiver one for my team. That's Keenan Allen, who I think is a great pairing with maybe a more volatile first-round pick like a Christian McCaffrey, where you could take those guys around a turn potentially or at like the sixth spot. It depends on where your ADP is. But I, I take Keenan Allen. Mike Evans should score 10 touchdowns, like we said before. He's going to be great. And A.J. Brown, are just, I worry about Jalen Hurts. The volatility is going to be a lot worse than that rush-heavy offense. If they will pass more. A.J. Brown will get his. But he's competing for targets, and it's a really shoddy quarterback, in my opinion. So, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown in that order. And we'll move on to the tight ends. And not, not just the tight ends, Riley, but the tight end leaders. The tight end The big dog tight ends. The stable, the big boys, as the, one, you know, as the professionals call them. Travis Kelsey. At tight end one overall, obviously, or tight end one, the tight end one, at the 12 overall in your draft, your last pick in the first round, or would you rather have Mark Andrews, the second tight end off the board, at 22, 10 spots later, back in that second round? So the the reason I wanted to bring this up uh, is because I, I think that gap is too big. I will still take Travis Kelsey over Mark Andrews. Um, and Mark Andrews has been a hot name on Twitter because – Oh, and Mark Andrews' best game, it wasn't Lamar Jackson out there. It was Tyler Huntley, and uh, Mark Andrews hasn't really been that guy with Lamar Jackson, which is true, and it's enough for me to take Travis Kelsey over him. But I, every time I have my my finger over Travis Kelsey's draft button, I, I look at Mark Andrews' name, and it's it takes me a full 30 seconds in my mind to really decide which one I want. I always end up leading Kelsey, but – if by you know, if by the end of August, beginning of September, Mark Andrews is going 18 overall or maybe even higher, I would not be shocked at all because I think people are going to start leaning um, towards towards the direction of um, you know like like Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. You know, Travis Kelsey has been great for so long. Uh, we saw a huge flash from Mark Andrews last year, and I think people are going to start jumping ship on Travis Kelsey more. Uh, than we've seen in this last offseason. I will take Travis Kelsey here. All right, I will. I will pay up for him, and I'll tell you why. This is – got to think about who you're pairing with. Odds are you're pairing Mark Andrews with what? One of, Your choice of Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, right? Probably the two and three every yeah, draft. Still. Yeah. So, and if you want to take Christian McCaffrey there, power two, you could do that too. You could try to take Najee. You could take your running back of choice if you want. Either way, that's the caliber of player you're pairing with Mark Andrews. However, with Travis Kelsey, I can still pair DeAndre Swift. I can pair with uh, the guy who talked about me. I can easily pair with Keenan Allen if I want to. I can pair with Stephon Diggs. I will still get my locked and loaded wide receiver with my locked and loaded tight end one, who I do think Travis Kelsey does represent an upgrade over Mark Andrews. I think it's a similar tier. I do. But I will take Travis Kelsey over him because Patrick Mahomes is better than Lamar Jackson. And... One, they both have locked in target shares. It just comes down to Mahomes versus Jackson and the volatility that the Ravens might offer as opposed to the Chiefs. So with that in mind, I'm fine paying up 12 overall, take Travis Kelsey, and then take Stephon Diggs, take DeAndre Swift, both guys that are going right in front and right behind him. I should get one of those guys. I'm fine with that start as opposed to Mark Andrews and even a Jonathan Taylor if they were able to get him. But 
I, I, I see the merits of both, and you kind of have to see how the draft plays out after that. But ultimately, I think we're both in agreement here. Take one of them, right? I, I, yes. I like, I like, I Please. like that pairing. Like, I, I, everything I just said, I love the idea of those guys, and I, I, that's, that's, that's where my takeaway was of this, honestly. We talking we'll about move the, on to the big our, dog quarterbacks now. Yeah, well, more kind of, kind of big dogs, kind of like you know bulldogs. You know, they're kind of big, but they're a little bit ugly at the same time to pick. Um, and our last we're talking, about, we're talking about back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, I am, I am talking about back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers who just lost Devontae Adams. But Aaron Rodgers at QB ten, the guy who lost his number one receiver is the best receiver in the NFL in my opinion. Versus Russell Wilson at the QB eleven who traded track runner DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett star for Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Alberto, you know, uh, uh, you know, Denver, you know. So which one are you taking? I'm going to take Russell Wilson, <laughs> which I, oh, I feel bad God. doing because um, for a lot of the discourse around Aaron Rodgers this season, at least up until um, Devontae Adams got traded, I was saying, what is going on with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, this guy's a back-to-back MVP. People are disrespecting him. I don't get it and doing all this. And and now I'm, I'm taking a guy with more rushing upside for sure in Russell Wilson, a guy who is almost, as we think, he's going to have higher touchdown upside, which feels odd to say when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers because that's been his MO for so long. And now that, that all could be out the window this year with the ragtag gang of uh, weapons that he's rolling out the season with. So I'm going to take Russell Wilson. It's a better offense. It's someone I trust better on, on the ground. Um, someone I, you know, trust better with their head coach. Um, even because Russell Wilson is getting Aaron Rodgers old OC. So I, I'm, I'm willing to take Russell Wilson as a top 10 quarterback. This is the situation where it's upside, right? Russell Wilson has the upside. I will take Russell Wilson because he has, a ceiling. He has a real ceiling to be a top five quarterback here. He has a ceiling to be a top six. I don't think Rodgers can. And here's why, right? Rodgers is great. Rodgers will be very good for real life purposes, but he's not a locked in guy like this. The last two seasons have been fantastic for him. 38, uh, 48 touchdowns in 2020 and 37 last season. Obviously we know about him keeping a turnover stamp, but prior to that, here's the touchdowns. 25, 26. That's possible for Aaron Rodgers. That's in the realm of outcome that he throws 25 touchdowns. In fact, I might even say it's likely because of how run-heavy the Packers should be behind A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. So with that in mind, with the 4,026 you know, touchdown potential without much rushing yardage, I worry about Aaron Rodgers. I worry that this is about where his ceiling can be. Obviously, it's not because his ceiling is still top five because he has crazy touchdown potential, and I still believe in Alan Lazard to be the wide receiver one for this team. But we can talk about—I guess spent a whole episode on Alan Lazard. But you're asking—you're uh, asking for another abnormal season with an abnormal change going against Aaron Rodgers, losing Devontae Adams. You know, Russell Wilson maintains a stronger—a strong core. Might even say that he upgraded. I probably wouldn't go that far, I but it's either. close to it. What? I, I wouldn't say that either, but it is, yeah. it, it's almost what he had in Seattle. Exactly. So we're talking about just potential here. Because when we talk about quarterbacks, we want the top five ceiling. 
And it comes down to this, Riley, and I think we have the same pin here. Which one of these guys, if you had to bet your life on it right now, was going to be a top six quarterback? Russell Wilson, no doubt. Pencil in and with Sharpie. Wow. Let's see. Okay. I And I, I would say the same. Yeah. Because Russell Wilson has the ceiling in this offense. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has a higher ceiling than QB8 anymore, realistically. And that's that could totally come back to bite me. But that's I think that's what the offense is. We saw how run-heavy the Packers started to be. Well, it's good to talk ADPs about are, for a little bit. ADPs are fun, aren't they, Riley? They are fun. Yes. Yeah. It's it's almost it's almost as much fun as checking out the IDP Guys newsletter. I'm going to end this show <laughs> with a few, few quick announcements because the IDP Guys newsletter is something I started up. We run it every single Wednesday. came out today, obviously, Wednesday. Boom. But you can check out the link uh, in the links below to subscribe to that. Of course, you can check out a number of content you got for frequency's sake down there in the description. Follow them on Twitter, subscribe to them on YouTube, and you're probably watching us either on for frequency's sake or on IDP guys, which of course you should be checking out, subscribing as well. Great video content, great writing content. Can't recommend enough being a subscriber because our Discord channels are both off the rails and incredibly helpful because you get real time fantasy input. You ask, you 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 get answers, and really you can't ask for much better than that. IDP is a ton of fun to try out as well, so definitely sample that. No harm in it, you know. Just broadening horizons, Riley, broaden them. Yeah. But that will be our show. Thank you, Evan, for tuning in to another episode from College to Combine. We'll be back next week, as usual, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Riley can drop the mic because we are heading out of here. Have a good night.